Hello, my name is Terry Lynn with Evolving Always Productions. Welcome. We have a phenomenal guest today. It's Tian from Spunda Lily Posh. She's an amazing serial entrepreneur. She has so many things going on, so many businesses. She's successful in all of them. She um, also believes in family units. So even her family is creating businesses with her, you know, mentorship. She's an amazing individual, amazing being. Um, I am so proud to call her my friend. Uh, she's well read. She reads more sometimes than she sleeps, but you know, that's okay. That's how she's getting ahead. So anyway, without further ado, I want to introduce you to my um, lovely friend, Tina. Hey, Tina, how are you doing? Hey, I am doing good. I'm happy to be here. I am doing great. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. I'm honored that you have come on to be a guest. I also want to let you know that if you're not following Tina already, I'm going to have her Instagram uh, feed as well as some information to, you know, contact or get in contact with her on her, you know, many businesses that she does because she's a super amazing person and you'll be missing out if you don't. So Tina, I'm going to go ahead and get started right at it. So one of the things, because obviously May is Mental Health Awareness Month, mm -hmm. um, you did something that was really great for you. You decided to, obviously you didn't just start doing this, but I just want people to be aware of it because that may help them and maybe something that they want to do. Um, you actually did the Year of Me. Tell us about that. Um, well, the year of me started because I recognized the things that I didn't like in my life. I wrote out, in fact, I'm coming out with a course on it. I wrote out all the things that I did not like in my life, whether it was financial, um, the way I think, the way I feel, um, anything. And I wrote out what I could do to change it. And I, I went from there. It really came from, um, Shonda Rhimes had a book, The Year of Yes, where she said yes to everything. Um, yes to any proposal that came away or anything that just really brightened her life and made it larger. Um, and then the year of me, that's what I was thinking, that if I change some things, then possibly um, more opportunities will come my way. And they did. They did. It was a really great thing to do. I'm still continuing on. I extended it another six months. But this six months is about finances. And I'm working on um, changing my mental mindset when it comes to finances in these six months. Well, you're already doing an exceptional job as it is. You know, I'm really proud of you. You, um, for people that don't know, Tanya, um, actually, she's a real estate investor. That's one of the things she does. Like I said, she does, she wears many hats, but that is one of the hats that she wears. Um, but she did get some property that it's like, what is it, 22 acres? Is that correct? 52. 52. Excuse me, I'm here <laughs> trying to cut her short. I think the 22 <laughs> acres is dealing with trees. Is that right? Or what, what's the part that deals with the trees? It's 52 acres. 23 of it is the actual tree farm. Um, but what we've decided to do, the children and I, because it's not developed at all, it's pretty clear. The land that is not the tree farm is clear but um, the rest is all wooded. And what we decided to do, because we are not ready to build our house, we purchased another little small four bedroom home that we're living in that um, has four acres. And we're gonna redo that house and live there. And what we decided, my daughter and I decided, we didn't tell the other two yet, but I guess I should tell them. We're building a pond on our 52 acres and we're gonna put some tiny homes on it. Um, I'm only going to because my thought pattern is my parents get older. I hate to say this, I really don't want them living in my house. 
<laughs> I hate to say that. I hate to say that, but you kind of need your space. So I figured that they could live in the tiny homes. And until um, that happens, I will rent those out as Airbnbs. And then within the next year or two, I will build my dream house on that property. But for right now, it's just being developed for the tree farm and then for our little Airbnb business. I think that's such a great idea. <laughs> so I'll be talking about talking to you about that um, in the near future. But I think that is an awesome idea because you can even make like a tiny home community of which obviously a lot of it would be dedicated to Airbnb. So such a great idea. I, I'm proud of you on that. And of course, you got your dream home plan. So awesome. Just awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, so we're going to talk about something else kind of mentioned that I thought was interesting. So you studied to be a minister, uh, but you have a designation of prophetic um, as an intercessor. Is that correct? Yeah. So tell me about that. Um, well, I was always, I've always felt as though I was called to preach, um, but I didn't want to do it. I still don't, to be honest. Um, I don't think now, I used to think that I've been in the pulpit, but I don't think now that I I'm not ready. I'm not. That's not for me right now. But if you call me to pray, um, when it comes to prophetic intercession, what happens is I, I want to. I want to say this without feeling sound spooky, but I don't like a lot of people to touch me because I can see um, things that happen in your life. Um, when I'm praying, and I've had people come to me plenty of times and say, "You just pray everything that." that I didn't tell you to pray about. You can tell me to pray about one thing and as I'm going, I know, I can, I hear what it is I'm really supposed to be praying about. For some people that's spooky, they used to feel spooky to me. I used to think that something was wrong, but as I went through um, prayer training and stuff like that, I recognized that the prophetic is real, it's in the Bible. Um, it's not that I'm trying to see your future or anything like that, that's not me. But I can feel people's emotions very strongly. Um, I am very sensitive to touch. And I know who, it sounds really spooky, but I know when not to let somebody touch me because I, I can literally take on your emotions. And um, I think some people say that's an in, in, uh, impact or something. I really never understood that. But in the church, it's, it has come up in me as a prophetess and a prophetic intercessor. So, um, that's what happens to me. And it's, and it's not, it's not, I'm not scared of it as I was before, but I mean, people can walk past me and, and I just feel their emotions. I feel the strong emotion. And while I'm feeling their emotion, I may see in my mind's eye a scene from their life that really affected them or something like that. And I just start praying with them. I don't go to them, but I just start praying for that person because I know that um, they're dealing with something. And it's a lot. And it sounds spooky and crazy or something like that, but this is my life. No, it definitely doesn't. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is, is that, you know, and, you know, if you don't believe in God, it's okay. We're, we're not trying to, you know, steer you, religiously speaking. Everybody has their freedom of religion and belief, by the way. But I do believe in God. And, and one of the things that I, I think is, I think God gave everyone the ability to feel certain things and um, have a certain intuition. Yours is more powerful. That's a gift he gave you and you're using it wisely because as you feel things, 
um, you're praying for them, you know, so that that's a perfect gift for you. And you understand that and you're, you're handling it responsibly. That's, that's actually beautiful. But um, what I was going to add is there's times that you'll run across people or certain situations and you feel like a danger or a red flag, um, but you'll still proceed. And then, then something bad does happen. And later on, you said, you'll say to yourself, I had a, a weird feeling. So, so I say all of that to say, anytime you get those feelings, just go the opposite direction because it's really something that I think is instilled in everyone. And even if you don't believe in God, then how about universally speaking, something that's in everyone, they have that ability. It's just like if, if there's someone that you haven't talked to in a while and you think about them, like they just pop in your head, you will hear from them. You will hear from them very soon. It, it happens every time without fail. Or the fact that you can't stare at someone for so long without them turning directly to look at you. Have you ever noticed that? Like, and I'm a, and I'm a people watcher. So I, I, I know this for a fact. So like, when you stare at someone, it's usually, it never takes long before they'll end up staring right back at you. And you could be like staring at the back of their head. It's something about the energy or whatever. So everybody has these abilities. Some people are stronger than others. Obviously for you, Tina, is strong because you recognize it. And like I said, you're definitely using it for, for, the, for the good. But I can understand why you wouldn't necessarily want to be touched too much because if you are an empath, it could be overpowering. I can imagine that. It really could. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely do believe in that. It's just like I said, some people are more in touch with it than others. Uh, some people just, they don't recognize it. And I've definitely had dreams that later on, um, they do occur. <laughs> and it's like weird. I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, this, this occurs. So yeah, I, I totally believe in things of that nature. Um, so here you go, opposite direction. So you study some kickbox. <laughs> Tell me about that. About what? You study oh, kickboxing, God. so tell me about that. <laughs> okay, it was okay. I was trying to get in shape, and so um, my my sister, that sister with the A, like my best friend, um, she's a sergeant at a prison, and her um, lieutenant had a kickboxing school, and she was all like, "We're gonna, we always get in trouble together, so." We always get drunk. She's like, we're just gonna take this and we're gonna lose weight and we're gonna be yeah, it was type it was wasn't type on the show. I can't even remember what it was. But let me tell you, the first week I couldn't walk. I felt like the joints in my hips were like I I probably needed a cane. Um, but it was fun. It was fun once I got the movements and um and you also we also did the the punching with the, um, the gloves, you had to buy the little gloves and everything. It was fun, but I've come to recognize, she's now moved on to um, CrossFit. And um, I promised her I would go to three CrossFit classes. I always believe that if you're gonna try something, try it three times. Because the first time you can have an off day, the second day, time, you know, whatever. But the third time, you know whether or not it's for you. So, um, yeah. So I promised her I would go to three CrossFit classes with her, but I have not needed yet. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go. I promise. I promise her. I would go. But but you know what? I love what you said. Trying something three times. That that's really good to know if it's if it's for you or not. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I need to implement for sure. Because I think we uh, there, there's some things I have a mental picture of. I'm like, mm-hmm. do I want to try it again? Um, one of them was uh, caving. They they call it other things too, but where you're in the tight space of the mm-hmm. cave, trying to get through. Mm-hmm. I've done that one time. Never doing it again. <laughs> I really realized it was not for me, especially when I thought I was stuck and couldn't go further. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, still though, I, I love that viewpoint. Uh, anyway, so obviously you love fur babies. How many fur babies do you have? <laughs> I got five and I promised myself I'm not getting any more. I promised myself. I, I, the two little ones are, are ready to be trained. Um, they're pit bull, blue pit bull mixes, blue, blue pit bulls, and they're cute. They're, their names are Brady and Wilson after Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. And then I have um, Bo, who I found on the street, and then um, Casper, who I had her mother, um, and then her mother's gone. And now Mitzi, who was a mother stray, um, the woman was getting ready to get rid of her. And I walked in the house and Mitzi jumped in my arms, so she came home with me. So I have five dogs. Um, my daughter wants cats. So, uh, but I grew up in a household with a lot of animals. We had, we always had dogs. When one was gone, another one came. We always had at least two or three dogs, um, two or three cats. We had turtles, we had birds. I can't stand birds, but <laughs> we had birds. Um, we had everything. We had fish. So I grew up in a household with pets. So I'm kind of used to having dogs around, but I don't want anymore. I'm telling myself I don't want anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it says for right now, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Just, I can't wait to get them on 52 acres and just let them do their thing. But I'll- uh- that is too funny though but <laughs> yeah it's funny what you said about birds because when my son was younger um he actually loved birds for whatever reason so that was like his pets but i always felt sad about it because i just don't feel any birds should be caged and so but you know you know how you sometimes do some of everything for your kids so that was one of his little phases i'm glad he grew out of it <laughs> I, 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 I have two fears birds and I am scared of both of them. I can't do it. Can't do it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's probably something to the squirrel thing. Oh, I know what it is. My squirrel thing. My grandmother told me that they would be scalpel. Well, well I, yeah, I don't know about <laughs> that, but it's possible. But I will tell you, one of my friends, This she told me this story one time. It was so, it's funny, but it, and scary at the same time. She said her and her sister were like, you know, they were throwing stuff at squirrels when they were kids, by the way. Not not a nice thing to do, but that's what they were doing. She said the next day she met, she said a whole bunch of squirrels were coming down <laughs> the trees and started running towards them. <laughs> I just thought it was, it's funny, but at the same time, like, squirrels, you might not want to mess with them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, this is a horrible story, actually. One of my friends ran over a squirrel, and the squirrel was like, in his grill of his car and we were not still alive and we were trying to save it and he was aggressive he was he was i think it was a male squirrel very aggressive so i can see why why you're nervous about them they are very aggressive and they're strong and they're very strong too people may not realize that because they're so small but they are very strong 
and he was really aggressive we had a hard time getting him from the grill and then bless his heart his his back legs were damaged so we we took him to the vet to see if there was anything they could do unfortunately there wasn't and i hated that because he was i mean when i say he was still like he he was um, but the reality is he would not have survived by the time late. So, you know, that that was unfortunate. Right. But yeah, I, I can understand why you're fearful of squirrels for sure. Um, but anyway, um, so how did you get into, you, you said you're good with interior design um, mm-hmm. or, or is it maybe more so staging? Talk to me about um, that. Okay. I, it's something I, I think my, I grew up, my dad did a lot of stuff I love the smell of sawdust and everything like that. Um, I love working with my dad with the tools and stuff. And so I love, when I go into somebody's house, and I know that I may not say anything, I can almost redesign their house. I can figure out which walls will go, uh, should be removed, where something should be placed. Um, and I can also figure out your style and how to um, furnish your home to make it more comfortable or whatever for you. Um, it's just something that is like one of, I didn't, I have never thought of myself as a creative person, but this is the side of me that has come out. And um, I have been doing it. I've done a couple of homes for my friends. Um, and like, even now my sister's calling me, um, she just bought a house and she wants to know, um, wants me to come and do help her refurbish her house and even like we do stuff online she'll show me her her house and stuff like that and i'm like okay you need to put a closet here or see the space here and she's actually i'm actually working with her contractor online to help her get her home the way she wants i love doing stuff like that i don't know if it's something i would ever really want to do as um work because when i love something like that I don't like being tied to it at work, if that makes sense. Because it, it's for whatever reason, like I love cooking. And people tell me you should be a caterer and stuff like that. But um, I've catered a couple jobs and stuff like that. And it just takes the joy out of it for me. I like what I do to earn money. And then the other things I like to keep as the things I do for joy. But I do want to go to school for um, construction. I do want to um, learn how to rehab my own houses. Like the little four bedroom, two bath that um, we bought in North Carolina is going to need some work. And um, we're going to try to do a good portion of it on our own, but not the major systems. I'm not ready for that, but other stuff that we can build, me and my children are going to go ahead and take care of. That's it. Yeah, I think that's smart. I, I've actually been considering um, doing the same thing, um, Tian, because it would really actually help you out greatly to be able to know how to do a lot of things. And, you know, the the home that me and my husband, we're in like a patio home. We've been in here for a while because initially we were going to totally relocate and just rent this one out. Mm-hmm. And my, my husband is not, when it comes to dealing with like house stuff, he is not handy. Now, he is really good for roofing. He just figured that out by himself. Um, though we do need to, to like re-roof the place now, but he just hasn't had the time. But he is just good with that. Um, you know, compared to some other people I've seen that try to attempt their own roof in a disaster, he knows how to get it, blend it. You know, like if he has to patch something up, he's really good at doing that. And you won't even know that it was patched or anything, if you know what I'm trying to say. So he's really good at that. Um, other than that, not really <laughs> much going on in the house. 
so we got like a ton of stuff that needs to be done in this house like a ton but yeah i i definitely of course now it's like a warehouse so it's it's funny <laughs> that's why when my friends come to i said you will not be coming to my because i just told my friends it's a warehouse it's a warehouse <laughs> you know, they have so it's like even now back in the day you didn't really see women um doing construction and stuff like that but with hgtv you see like if you watch good bones or um the windy city one with the lady i mean you see our you know fix my flip all you see women actually busting down walls and using the equipment and stuff like that and i think that is that is I mean, just awesome to think that we can do things um, because I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm very feminine, but when I think of doing so, like, like a couple of weeks ago, my daughter and I took our toilet up and we fixed the toilet. And the two of us were just like, oh, my God, we did it, you know, and everything. Um, so I think it's, it's very important that men and women know how to work in y'all. I totally agree. Um, I have always been interested in um, the making of things for home. That's the funny part about it. When I was a kid, you know the show This House, which I think is today. I used to watch that show. I used to watch that show, and there was this other show dealing with woodworking mm-hmm. and all the things you could create. Of course, the the machinery, which you definitely need to go to school for that because it's like put real intensive stuff on um, dealing with like the different things you have to do um, with the wood. Um, and I used to love that stuff. So I was like, oh, I wonder how to do that. And then I had an uncle that was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted him to teach me. So, you know, really not trying to teach women how to do that. Because, you know, you know how some people are like kind of old fashioned. Of course, I always quick to want to teach my brothers and stuff like that. But no, that, that wasn't something. But yeah, I, that's something that I've always been interested in. And, you know, I even think that they say, yeah, it would work. I always think about it. I'm like always looking at furniture. So I say, you know, who knows? That that may be something that I actually uh, do, you know, in the future um, for myself as well. Um, I think essentially, and you're right, it's a good thing uh, for women to do. It, it is. It really is. Um, we can do these things. Um, and it's not that we're saying, you know, it's not about being sexist or anything like that or feminism, I guess. It's not even about that. It's just it's good to know how to do these things you know um so that's why i think it's important i I totally agree um it's good that you're gonna do that um and of course you always win at the the bible trivia and i can believe that because you're definitely a reader is that one of the reasons i'm assuming (laughs) Um, i don't know because i i believe in trivia even if like i've been told i should be on jeopardy because Okay, to me, Jeopardy is just a chance to be stupid to me. Um, when it comes on, I may not know the answer, but I have a guess. I'll throw out a guess. Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong. And when I'm sitting with people, because I watch every day, and they hear me doing this, and I get stuff right, they're like, you should be on the show. Because I've been doing it for years. I just feel as though if you're in trivia or something, I just throw out the answer. It may be right, it may not be wrong. It may be wrong, but... You know, you could win. And um, Bible trivia, I always win. Um, and I don't know why. I guess it's really because I'm willing to put myself out there. Um, if I don't know something and I learn something, fine. You know, but I'm willing to put myself out there. Yeah, that's what it's about. You got you got to be willing to play. <laughs> <laughs> We're we going to get you on Jeopardy or something. <laughs> 
studying Yeah, you do though. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard that from other people too. So I totally agree with you there. So another thing that you do, because we were talking about real estate investing, um, you also pretty much you help um, people um, make deals on foreclosing um, property that's being foreclosed. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, um, I can help people who are going through foreclosure um, to stop foreclosure. But what I do is I work with banks, mostly your smaller banks. Um, they have this thing that's called a tape or a roll where they wholesale um, their, their foreclosed homes. So what will happen is they may be 100 homes, 50 homes, whatever on this tape um, that are all going to be foreclosed or have been foreclosed on. And an investor um, will purchase the whole tape at a wholesale rate and they have these homes. Um, this happens regularly in the industry um, and that's basically what I do. Brokering those tapes to different investors. Um, I would like at some point <laughs> to purchase for myself and um, be able to purchase you know, a number of homes. In fact, I almost bought a subdivision with my friend once. Um, that, was, that was scary. Um, you were outbid, but um, yeah, that would be fascinating if I owned a subdivision. So, um, but yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, that would have been awesome though. <laughs> but the cool thing is, you made an attempt and yeah. you to reach full success, you know, in life. You got to keep attempting, you're going to have failures. So, definitely attempt it again. But yeah, I, I love that. I, I love that um, the premise of what you're saying. So, and that you're helping people to. I know you help people through the foreclosure process too because you also help people with credit repair, correct? Yes, yes, definitely um, helping people with credit repair because credit is important. Um, they're coming up, I believe they just came up with a new credit system that I have to learn about um, through the three branches. Um, the way that they're going to be reporting your credit is going to be a little bit different than it was in history, so I'm going to be studying up on that. Um, but yeah, helping people get their credit so that they can go purchase houses or whatever it is that they need to do. Because I know for me, I was never really taught um, about finance. I don't remember ever being taught about finances in my household. The only thing I remember being taught about finances in my household was um, when you get your income tax return, that was free money. And you do what you want to do. And for years, I, I did that. Whenever I got my income tax, I just blew it and stuff. Now I'm a little upset with myself because I realized I could have invested and stuff. I could have, you know, um, did whatever to make more money out of it. And um, so I'm trying to teach my children about budgeting. For instance, in my household, when my children, um, like my daughter, my youngest daughter is starting on Amazon. She's got a whole bunch of books um, that she wants to put on Amazon. And she also found on her own some other site that sells books. But in my house, 10% goes to the house. Whatever you make, 10% goes to the house, which is pretty much me. Um, and I use that as our household account to invest in. And then they know to put 10% aside for their savings, 10% to give. And then the rest, um, they know to budget it all, however they're going to budget. But they're still young. Well, not, they're not young. They're teenagers. They don't really have any bills. Pretty soon, I'm going to have them paying their own cell phone bill, but I have to do that. Um, but... That's how 
I'm trying to teach them and let them know we have meetings. I run our family meetings kind of like a business. We discuss how our businesses are going, um, but we also discuss the finances of the house so they know what the bills are. Um, they know when our electric bill has gone high or they know um, when Netflix has increased or whatever. And um, I, I really like doing that with them so that they can see where the money is going. Um, and I want them to have that. I want them to be able to continue to teach their children when they have children to them um, <laughs> to do the same thing and stuff. That's so great to hear, Tian, because that's that is how things keep going from generation to generation. Because obviously, finances wasn't really talked about in my house much either. Mm-hmm. My mom did have really great credit, but she really didn't talk about the aspects of it. She was a saver, so she did talk about that, but she wasn't into investing because she didn't understand investing. I mean, she did understand the saving portion of it, but she didn't understand how to invest to like truly grow her money, if that makes any sense. So for her, it was just putting it in a savings account. And as we know now, that's definitely not a a best way to grow your money, obviously. So um, there was a lot that um, she didn't know. And it's probably because of her parents. It kind of just kind of goes, you know, from parent to parent. So it is really important that you do instill, you know, information in regards to financing because we know in some cultures this is talked about a great deal, which is why in some cultures there is a generational wealth because that is focused on and while in some cultures it was not. And, and it could be for, obviously, for some of the reasons some cultures did not have the money anyway to even be discussing finances. They were more so trying to figure out how to, to eat, you know, or... Know, pay like the basic thing of like a roof over their head so we do understand a difference there but for people that that can and are doing better they do need to be having these conversations with their children i totally agree definitely that's um, a great way to look at it so um you love to sing even though you say you're off key is it that you that's saying you're off key or you've been told you're off key you're probably really not off key though I don't really know if I'm off key. I just like to say that I'm off key. Um, but in my household, I put my earphones on. Like after this, I am going to bake a couple quiches for um, dinner tonight, and I will have my earphones in, and um, I will be singing, and my children will swear I'm singing off key. Or um, the one thing that they complain about, they say that I won't. Okay, when I sing, I don't sing all the words. Because I, it's, you get to your favorite part, you sing that part, and then you go. And my children would like for me to sing the whole song, even if it's all key. Um, so I'm ready to give them a wish today. Um, but I love to sing. In my family, we have recording artists, um, we have Grammys, we have um, any kind of musical award and stuff like that. And I could probably, I don't know if you know, before Cindy's, Tender Love, a um, couple other groups I could tell you. They're my cousins and stuff like that. So. Music runs heavily, music entertainment runs heavily in my family, and I've always been a choir. I've always um, done some sort of dance and everything, so that it's just something that I enjoy. And um, 
I, I know, for instance, I'm going to have my headphones on and I'm going to be bopping and dancing to something. And my 16-year-old is going to come walk in and she's going to see me dancing. And she's not even going to know what I'm listening to. And she's going to stand next to me and, and just mimic every dance that I'm doing. And we'll just be bopping and stuff like that. Um, the music is a big thing for me. And so if I played the flute, I was in band, I was in show choir. Um, I did competitions with... But my high school, I've always, now I think I've always been in some sort of choir. Um, I was told that I am a lazy soprano, so I always sing alto, but really I could probably hit the higher notes. I, I mean, like I've been on a praise and worship team. Sometimes I've always wondered, how did I end up in these things? But um, it was just the power of saying yes and just having fun. Well, as... If y'all are listening to a lot of what Tina is saying, she's very humble. <laughs> this is like an exceptional individual, but she's very humble. So I'm going to say from everything that I'm listening to, I know already know that you can sing. You're just being humble about it. So I'm going to leave it at that. So for now, my story is I'm going to be sticking to it. Oh yeah, Tina can sing. She might not sing around you, but she can sing. Don't let her fool you. <laughs> so basically, you're like... Um, I want to say it's called, is it, uh, I used to know what these things were called. Uh, so isn't there a first soprano, second soprano? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then there's the, uh, the, the altos, yeah. altos are put in a different category too, right? I think, no, I think there's first alto and second alto. But yeah, first alto and second alto. So think- the, fir- the first alto is the one that's the original alto right and then the second alto is technically a soprano or, I'm trying to remember how it went I don't believe but I, I, I used to be in choir yeah. too and I used to know how that went um, but yeah one of the altos is technically like you said they were technically they can kind of strain from soprano mm-hmm. to alto yeah I get what you're saying I know I was an alto so <laughs> but um obviously but yeah I, I could see definitely being a soprano and, and like you said going you know to and from I could see that I definitely can whoo I tell you you got some history girl <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah so like I said it's my story I'm sticking to it so you were obviously a member of Toastmasters how long were you a member of Toastmasters um five years years and in fact I miss Toastmasters um I've been thinking once I get into here it's weird um because I'm counting my owns now and I don't know if you've been a part of Toastmasters but that's one of the things that we do the words that are in the middle your ums the thes some of those that you drag out so that you can think and that's one of the things that they train you not to use so that when you do a speech somebody's counting your ums somebody's counting me or whatever so that you can learn not to speak that way so as i'm saying um and stuff while i'm talking to you i'm in my head i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god so i need to get back to toastmasters but i enjoyed toastmasters i was i worked for insurance brokerage and i was um the, i was over the licensing so i was in charge of getting your license for you uh, making sure that you did your educational training for it. So that was my full job and so um, with that, they started Toastmasters. A friend of mine there started Toastmasters, and I became the secretary, and she became the president. And we just worked it. We met once a week. It was a pretty large crowd. We um, met during lunch, and it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. They're really 
large Toastmaster clubs all over the country. And it's, it can be a lot of fun. You start beginner level, there's, they teach you all different types of ways to do speeches and everything. It's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Especially for somebody, if you're somebody who is scared to speak in public, I would suggest that you get into a Toastmaster because they will walk you through how to build your confidence in those areas. And it, it's, it's, it's just a camaraderie and everything that you learn in those, those meetings. It's just, it'll help you a lot. I, I agree with you because I, I actually have a friend um, who was in Toastmaster. She was the one who recommended it to me. And I, I definitely need to utilize it because I know what you're talking about when you say the ums. And I have a bad habit of that. I count my own ums. <laughs> like when I'm doing videos and, you know, it's like I said, well, my gosh, that'll be the one time that I'll 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 redo a video. If I've said ums too many times, I said, OK, yeah, that one got to be redone. <laughs> that, that'll be like I'll I'll do a video and can make some mistakes up there and i'll be like i'll let that go because I'll, I'll just put the corrections or whatever i said but if it's got too many ums i'll redo it because i said oh, well i'm through that whole thing <laughs> so I'll just, um um and um but um, so that i just see i just said it all ago i need to work on that so that's one of the things i definitely want to join toastmasters and i'm thinking about putting my son in it too because my son would definitely benefit from just you know, learning to speak properly. I think that's very important. Even if you don't want to take it to like the public speaking level where you're speaking in front of an audience, it's just all about being able to communicate effectively. So I think that's real important. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, we should both join. I know we'll be in different areas, but it, it would be fun anyway, right? Definitely. All right. So um, obviously, because like I told everybody before, you are a sole entrepreneur. You have like a lot of businesses. Um, one of them is you're on several e-commerce sites. So talk to us about how the, how you get started in that. I worked at a thrift store, and we would throw away. We would throw away so much stuff. It was the it was ridiculous how much stuff. It really would upset me. How much stuff would be thrown away and i was in charge of the books and the, how i got started this store is i would go every friday to pick up books their books were really cheap every friday i would go to pick up books one friday i went and the guy at the register was like do you want to become our new book lady and i was like what are you talking about um and he offered me the position and it was a volunteer position at first and i just took over the books and so from there, just seeing all the stuff that was just being thrown out. And the way our first store worked is, if stuff was being thrown out, you, you could have it. And I ended up with two boxes of this book called Wander. I believe what happened, what it looked like to me as a school class or a whole eighth grade or whatever, had read the book Wonder. And I don't know if you know, but they made it into a movie with Julia Roberts and I can't remember who else was in it but I have read this book to my children and I ended up with two huge boxes of this book and they would not sell so I put them on eBay I put them in um, three different types of categories because some of them had handwriting and some didn't and everything and I sold like almost a hundred of these books and from there I just continued to um, things that were getting thrown out. They would put them in big black bags and I would go through the bags and if it was something that I thought was worth it, I would sell it. Um, I have bread makers, I had 
ah, my biggest treasure that I never took, my biggest treasure that I got from that thrift store is somebody had donated, um, it's a lamp and a table that goes with the lamp. And I will tell you, it is gaudy as I don't know what. It is cream with gold cherub angels all over the lamp stands about five feet high and the table has a marble top and it stands maybe about two feet high and it has these really gaudy it's ugly this the set is ugly um but they were about to they were about to throw it in the trash and i was like i don't know why but i was like i'm taking it home with me just let me take it home i brought it home that thing was worth ten thousand dollars so, what? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love I, it. I, I have not sold it. I still have it um, because I'm just holding it. Because if I, I cannot remember who the designer is, um, but I'm just holding it because apparently the gold is gold. Um, and what happened is somebody died, and the children didn't want it, and they thought it was gold, and they just donated to the thrift store and the lady in the shop thrift store was like nobody's gonna buy this this is ugly um and literally it was on i stopped our maintenance man from throwing this thing in the dumpster i was like and i was like my car isn't big enough can you please just drive it to my house i said i don't know why but i just want them and so i kept them for a couple months i didn't think anything of it just they were sitting when I looked them up my eyes were like whoa um so yeah they're still sitting here in fact my, my children are like where's the ten thousand dollars <laughs> so it's they're still in my house and stuff but um and I'm just holding them it's smart because you never know um they will end up being worth a lot more than that so that mm-hmm. that's really you know very interesting oh my goodness um and there's certain types of auctions that would possibly pay a lot of money for something like that, a lot more than 10000 So you're doing good to hold on to that. And you're also doing good to just recognize stuff like that. Because you're right, some of the things that we consider totally, you know, ugh, you know, <laughs> worth a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. When I tell you this thing is ugly, it's ugly. But it's worth some money, so that's what I'm keeping I don't blame you, especially with the fact that, you know, you said some, the gold is it's like real gold. Oh, my goodness. I love it. So, yeah, I know you're on like several st- um, sites and you're very efficient, you know, and uh, really um, good on that. So where do you see, do you feel like you're going to keep um, these e-commerce sites? Is that something you feel like you can continue in the future? I have thought about Shopify. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that yet. But I am going to stay on eBay, Etsy, and Poshmark. My daughter's um, puts my daughter puts stuff on Mafari, so those are going to be the ones that I stay on. I don't want to overextend myself because at one point I was on like eight sites, and it was just like, oh my god, I was tired a lot. So now I'm just on these four. But I would like to expand my eBay store. Um, I'm going to stay on Poshmark. Uh, but I think I'm going to shift directions. I think I'm going to move into only new with tag stuff. I think I really, my dream this year is I really want a palette full of new tag stuff. Um, so hopefully I can get that done before my birthday in November. It's just order a palette. 
this up. But that's where I think the direction I'm going to shift to when it comes to um, Poshmark. But eBay, I mean, I can put just about anything on it. And I, I love that aspect. My son, um, we're going to, he, he's into gaming. He loves games. He's kind of considered being an expert in games. So, um, having him bring that into our eBay store. And like I said, my daughter just started Amazon. Um, so, just, it's just, I think I am going to stick with the reselling. But it's not, it's just going to be another income stream. My children will probably take that a little more as I continue to work on building the other aspects of um, my business. Because I do, um, I don't know if you know about factoring and stuff. And so um, I want to spread my factoring business out more. I know this is going to sound morbid. But I want to help uh, funeral homes with um, factoring. Because they, they too, um, use factors. Also, trucking companies use factors. Um, liquor developers use factoring. And so I want to become more in hospitals. Your rural hospitals, a lot of them are going out of business because they don't have the money. But with factoring, that would help them because um, they would have already been paid for their invoices. And then the factor itself is waiting to get paid. So, so for, for some people, and I'm sure uh, not certain of what you're talking about could you like explain what factoring is exactly okay um i would be considered a factor so what it is is say terry owns a gym if you've ever been to like um back in the day you went to the gym and they gave you a coupon book for um for when you're supposed to pay your bill now if you ever noticed on that it was not you were not paying your gym you weren't paying terry's gym you were paying tenure. And you wonder why you're paying tenure because at the end of every month or sometimes throughout the month, Terry would have sold your invoice to me. So if your invoice, if you're paying, supposed to pay Terry $100, I may have given Terry $80 for that invoice. And then when you pay on that ticket, when you pay your $100, I may now own, owe Terry $5, so she made $85 instead of the whole 100 And I take the balance of $15 because I, it's been like a loan to Terry. So car dealerships, when you have a car, when you bought a car, if you notice, you're not paying the car dealership. You're paying somebody else because the car dealership has sold your payments to somebody else. They've already been paid. They get paid. They can sell a year's worth of your payments. They can sell just a couple months worth of your payments, depending on what the factors said. And so they've already been paid. So you're not dealing with them when it comes to payment. What you're dealing with is a factor and stuff. So funeral homes have this. Um, all, all kinds of service companies can use a factor. Okay, that makes sense. So basically, it's kind of like you're a finance company technically but from a different level i get what you're saying yeah it's, it's right and a lot of companies do benefit from that you're, you're mm -hmm. so true on that because it'll actually help them to like you said stay in business yeah yeah so, yeah that's that's really a great idea yeah um you're right e-commerce goes to so many uh different levels i will say this like you said ebay does manage to take some of everything <laughs> <laughs> It does. And, um, you know, Poshmark is kind of going in that direction. So it's really interesting. Um, the things are happening in the e-commerce sphere. 
Um, and, and like you said, Shopify, which the stock is definitely taking a nose dive. Can you, can you believe the direction that stock is going? Uh, in November, Shopify was $1,700 a share. And now, like, um, well, I can give you the exact amount in a second and tell you what that is. I'm pretty sure it's still in the 400s. Do you think it'll go up? I, my thought process is, is that it will. So that's why I started buying <laughs> Obviously, I'm losing money right now, but I'm not concerned about it. But yeah, it's like at $454 a share now. But I was just shocked about it because I was like, this stock was $1,700 a share. Really, you're talking less than six months ago. In November of 2021, it was at $1,700 a share. And, you know, that's why, you know, um, when it was conversations about Poshmark and the stock, I said, I don't think people really understand what's going on in the stock market for some companies. You know, you think that. That's a, so imagine if you owned a lot of Shopify and in November you're holding the, the stock and it's $1,700 a share. And then now it's like, four and you'd be like, really falling out fortunately that did not happen to me thankfully because for me when it was that at that all-time high i wasn't i wasn't trying to have the stock at that all-time high but if you were somebody that were in was in shopify for a long time so you were making money all along anyway then i'm sure too maybe that's a lot of capital gains that you have lost actually but yeah i do feel like it'll eventually go back up and then they're thinking about a split but what's so weird is when they talked about the split, I thought it would go up a little bit because they had went up to like 700 something dollars a share. This was like a couple of weeks ago. But then it talked about the split and it kind of went down. So I'm like, it's almost to the point that if they do the split, because I want to say they said, I think they said it was a 10 to 1 split, right? I don't know. I can't remember if it was a 10 to 1 split or if I, I'm pretty sure it was a 10 to 1 split because when I figured it out, I was like, shoot, people are going to be only paying like 40 or $50 a share for Shopify at the rate that it's going now, uh, uh, you know, where it's going now. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, I get, you know how I get into that. I guess we'll be talking forever if we get into uh, the investment part, but both of us are interested in that. <laughs> you know what? I was, yesterday I was reading something and, and I felt good because when I said it, I wasn't sure, um, if it was just me. But when we were talking about the Elon Musk thing with Twitter, um, I had stated to somebody, and I may have stated in the clubhouse, that it's something about it rang wrong with me because, you know, his friend was the co-founder of Twitter, the one that left Twitter. And then yesterday it came out, and I think it's the Wall Street, um, but that his friend is actually the one who told him that he felt as though Twitter should be privatized and that um, that's what started this whole thing of him wanting to buy Twitter. And so when I had when I first heard about him being friends with this guy, I kept thinking, is that some, that has some connection to this? I don't know how. I don't know how. But I felt sort of I don't want to say vindicated, but I felt like yeah, I, I understand that. When I read that, and I was like, wow. So this is how it started and stuff like that. And it's I don't really know how I feel about him on Twitter, um, but it's 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 interesting. That whole situation is interesting. Yeah, and that makes sense what you just said. I, I can see that because I had actually read before too that the former owner had wanted it pri privatized. I had read about that too. So that, that take is interesting. Yeah, so here's the thing I think about Elon Musk. We did bring that up. 
So I think it's great for Elon Musk. You know, obviously he's the richest man in the world mm-hmm. and he can buy it. And from that aspect, I am happy for him and I think it's great for him. I am interested in knowing what he's, how he's going to use it. I'm hoping he's going to use Twitter for the good because what I have found is that people are very easily manipulated. And um, that's one thing we've noticed from social media. If nothing else, that's one thing we've noticed that people are very easily manipulated. One of the reasons why I pulled back from Facebook as much, because I saw that on Facebook, probably more so than some sites, but I think it's like that on Twitter as well. And I'm not, it's not like I'm on Twitter that much. Yeah. So, um, but people are very easily manipulated and I'm, I'm just hoping that he's going to use it for the good and he's not just going to be using it to, you know, share his narrative of what's going on in the world. Because sadly, we know because some people are very easy to manip- manipulate, his narrative will be the only narrative they, they see or believe, you know, and, and I wouldn't want that to happen. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, for him, I think it's a great move. Who, It's a great move for anybody that can afford to buy something like that, you know, uh, social media. You know, I, I would love to, but definitely I would want to use it for the good, <laughs> you know, make sure it's going to actually be helping people. And if nothing else, we need social media that's going to help people to think because I feel like the ability on that. What are your thoughts on that? Would you agree with that? The thing that I feel with social media is the way the algorithms are set up. If you if you like one candidate, you're only going to hear about that candidate and that candidate's views. If you like one set of views, you're all you're going to hear is stuff to keep repeating and confirming what you believe you already know. I think that the algorithms need to be broadened so that you hear varying opinions. Even if you don't agree with it, at least it can put a different little seed in your ear um, to go out and research and stuff. I don't feel it's good. And I know even for me, I, I like... I like this, I believe in this and everything, and all my all my feed shows what I believe in. I rarely see any varying opinions, and that's just not the way the world is. And so when you get out into the real world and you have conversations with people and they're talking about their point of view, which doesn't align with your point of view, all you're gonna have is the information that you're getting, which confirms everything you know. And I think that's what's caused a lot of the divide because people just, oh, this is what I'm learning is being confirmed over, over, over again based on what I'm reading and my Twitter page, which the algorithm is giving me what I like. So when now somebody's talking to me about something I don't like, I don't really have anything to say and um, I can't really understand. It's different than when we had the newspaper and it showed varying opinions and, you know, and I think that's what's caused a lot of this, um, red blue divide which caused a lot of disposition because we have our opinions right or wrong confirmed over and over and over again and a prime example of that would have been um during the pandemic you know some people had this news on a pandemic some people had that news on the pandemic and based on what you had is what you believed and how you acted during the pandemic and i think that just caused it's caused a lot of problems i think we should have it where um, everybody's pretty much having like the same information so that you can actually go out and research. Because right now, nobody wants to research anymore. And nobody really wants to pick up a book anymore, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's exactly right. That's why you said exactly what I confirmed. People don't want to think anymore. 
they want things easily fed to them yeah easily done to them um that's that's the way it is and it's sad because that's my issue with social media now obviously i'm on social media because Mm -hmm. you know um if you're an entrepreneur you have to be up there that's it's just the way it is but um called it exactly what you said it's whatever you happen to be in and so i i do a trick on it because i'm not even i'm not even trying to have it I do love dogs. So what I do is I spend a lot of time looking at dogs. I do that deliberately. So like when I go to my main feed, it's a whole dogs and it's a certain type of dog. And I'm fine with that. And I do that purposely because I'm like, I'm going to control my narrative. I'm going to do research. I'm going to check out different news avenues. I'm not going to just check out one. You know, I'm going to make informed decisions. I'm going to think about what I'm going to do. I'm going to think. So, you know, and I think that's, that's so key, you know, uh, we're losing the art of just actually thinking. You know, when you're losing that art of thinking, you're actually losing the art of being creative. And even though, you know, you know, with social media, like, well, yeah, we're creators, it's about creating, but then why do we have trends? Is it really about creating? Now, granted, your video may be a little bit different, but then you're using a trend. So, so, we're, so it's like, you know, we have to get back to thinking. And I know that's another topic altogether, but this is why Tina's one of my friends because she's one of those people. She is a thinker. She's a reader. So that's why I'm so glad to actually be talking to her. She's an amazing person. I can't stress enough that you definitely need to be following her. She needs to be somebody that is a part of your life. I'm being serious because as you can see from all the things she knows, she's someone that believes in growing. Um, and and moving and you know mentally and physically and I love that I love that about you Tina of course so um, we have talked about some of everything on the sun so we will probably have to do another podcast we <laughs> one on what we were talking about before <laughs> but uh, what are some last things that you you um, want to share anything well I just I'm, my mantra for this year is not perfect but done. Because I know, not just myself, but a lot of people, we get into that mindset of things have to be perfect. Um, You have to have the perfect amount of money. You have to have the perfect situations and everything. And that's never going to happen. And so my new thing is, I'm just doing it. It may not be perfect, but it's done. And I learned something for it. And the next time, it'll be a little better. But right now, it's done. And so I will be um, putting out my digital calendar soon, planner soon. I'll be putting out my courses soon, which I'm working on. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes. Me and um, myself, and I know you know Niche, we're, we've got some things that we're going to be putting out as well soon. So none of it's going to be perfect, but we'll learn as we do it. And I think that's going to be that's going to be a life changer for me because I can get really, oh my God, it's not perfect, and I need to get stuck. So. Perfect, not perfect, but done. That's my new mantra. And that's a good model. I, I, I'm glad you said that. Y'all, for people that are listening and haven't caught anything, definitely powerful what Tina just said, because perfection will stop many people from reaching their goals. Um, they'll make excuses. They'll be like, well, if I look like this, that's I'll do that. Or, um, you know, I don't know how to do this yet, so I got to wait till I know how to do this. 
uh, it's just a lot of excuses. You're right, um, because they're trying to get that perfection going that they think in their head. And you're right, perfection is not even there. It's, it is about execution and getting it done. So I will be happy um, to connect with Tina. She's got a lot of things coming in the pipe. And it will be things to just, you know, to help you, help you grow. Because she believes in giving back. She wants to help people to, you know, be better, to um, to be smarter, to think, you know, <laughs> all of these wonderful things and um, teaching finances. I mean, she, she just has so many uh, great gifts that she's loved sharing to people. So like I said, you definitely want to connect with her. The links will be um, included with this podcast. I really want to thank you so much, Tina, um, for taking time uh, to talk with me. You're such an amazing person. I, I love talking to you. And I just hope you have such an amazing rest of your week. And obviously, we'll be talking soon anyway, as we always. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but thank you so much, Tina. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs>